What a beauty! G'day community and welcome to the Jock Reynolds Supercoach Podcast. I am Left Dog and I'm joined by the smartest man alive, Hatch. How it's are you? Me. I'm on an absolute high Left Dog. Um, I, I, I scored lots of points this week. I don't know how, it'll never happen again, but oh boy did I score 2,500 worth of points and I'm the happiest girl in the world. Is this what happiness feels like? Is this how normal people live? I may never know again, but for this one blissful week, it's good. And then also, I haven't watched the the last five minutes yet, but Essendon were surely going to win that game against Port Adelaide. So they must have won that, right? That's good. It would be an interesting time for a bye to kick in. Patch, why did you score so many points this week? There is a reason. There's one particular reason. Yeah, there's what is a that no- reason? There is a Noah Anderson-shaped reason for my large girthy score this week um, because I bought in the wonder kid from Gold Coast who's not the one that's eating grass week in and week out. Um, shout out to Matt Rowell for eating grass. Um, Noah Anderson uh, scored 189 points on the weekend. That is good. That's a good That's a good number. It's almost enough to make me forget that Fergus Green was on field and scored 17 points for me. Oh, shut up. So, Patch, but anyway, how, how did you? Very, oh, I did all right. I scored mid twenty three hundreds. I traded in uh, Sam Walsh and rookies this week. So, like, he's out of form, but he's still turning up in in Supercope. So, hopefully, he gets into form in real life. Uh, Patch, you picked okay. a very strange time to become good at Supercoach. <laughs> I look. I'm not convinced that retiring with you know this would be the second last one I do. Um, before I gallivant off into the sunset. I'm not convinced that giving up any pretense of being good and getting back into the trenches is not unlinked to me suddenly scoring lots of points. Um, (laughs) I think the two are very closely linked um, because I'm kind of, I'm a bit loosey goose. It's just like, whatever, man, like I'm living, living freely and I feel like that's helping. I just, just got to, as a very wise man, once said, you got to yo before you low. And that's true. I was, I was going straight to the low and now I'm remembering to yo again. And yoing feels good, man. Yoing feels good. Yoing <laughs> is a very important part of yo lowing for sure. For sure. Patch, I don't know exactly what we're going to talk about this week. There's not a lot of rookies on the bubble. No. Maybe we start there. I think that's probably a good idea because as much as, I was had the, the the shot in the gun this week to go straight to Jordan Dawson. I didn't quite. I, I've now looked at it in the cold light of day and gone, oh, oh, I how how do we do that? And the cash generation is a big problem. So uh, you got the list up of people that are on the bubble this week. Uh, yeah, uh, sure. It's, it's Rory not a Atkins. Lot. <laughs> Rory Atkins at two hundred and three thousand is probably your number one. <laughs> 
<laughs> number one sort of option. I don't want to. I don't want to be on this this ride anymore. Let me off. If Rory Atkins is the best option for a downgrade, holy dooly! I literally am trying to see if there's anyone else, but there's not really anyone that I can see that played last week. Uh, Josh, Josh Weddle. Josh Weddle is on the bubble. Who, by just pure way of there being no other options, is going to be the most traded in player this week, you'd think. Just about. Scored 54 I'm... on the weekend, uh, $130,800. Defender for Hawthorne. I don't love it, and I don't want a defender this week, but beggars can't be choosers. And I'm going to say yeah. this man again, Patch. I said him last week. Arthur Jones, still very achievable on account of not being very good at scoring, but did score 65 <laughs> points for the, Briz- uh, the the Western Bulldogs, $169,100. Has played six games. He's still a rookie price player. So there is someone. He's not going to make cash, but there is someone who's playing. He is, he is a physical, warmer body. There are a few guys that are kind of like in that weird little zone where I, I looked at Dylan Williams. Damo mentioned him on the mailbag last week, and I nearly went Fergus Green to him and went, nah, Fergus still got a little bit more cash to do. Maybe he's more reliable and... Fergus scored 17, Williams scored 85, his break-even is negative 34, but he's 240k, which is too expensive. That's too much. Um, There are a few other guys kind of floating around. You could look at going early on a Blake Drury or a Thomas Berry, neither of which I like in the slightest, because what do we do, Dog, when people have played one game and are looking promising on the rookie front? We... We wait. We wait. Thank you. Um, there's, yeah, there are a few other guys that I kind of had floating around. Mitch Nevitt is a sub-risk, but did score 72 on the weekend for Geelong. 160K um, is, I don't want to say a, a great option, but he is a player that exists. An option. He is an option. And there's a few other guys floating at kind of um, but 200-ish K where you look at like a Jed Buse at 204K is averaging 37, has plenty of scope to lift that. Um, if Campbell Chesser or Harry Rouston come back in, Chesser is 130-odd K, Harry Rouston's 175K, neither are great. Bally Humphrey at 178K has only gained $1,800 uh, since the start of the season on account of... No, a... no, he's lost 6000 since the start of the season. Oh, gained so 1800 this yeah. week. Uh, on account of a negative three against Richmond. Um, so that has pushed his break-even still to 40 this week. Uh, next week, maybe. This week, maybe. Um, it's It's not good, but also he's not Rory Atkins. So he does have that saving grace. Dog shit, dog shit rookies all around is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. It's it's no bueno. Um, I I oh. don't like the idea of going early, but a lot of people will go early on Blake Drury. He scored 50 no, odd on the weekend. No, no, and no, 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 don't do it. Nope. Don't do it. Nope. He'll join Josh Goder on two games. I will be using this round to sideways two premiums that what? aren't, well, they're not premiums. I mm, explain, explain, like dog, because that's not that's not conventional super coaching, as uh, as some would some would call it. Because there's plenty of plenty of scope to go one up, one down this week. Um, the scope to if you got cash to go up with one. There's a scope to hold the sideways trading in this economy. Yeah, well, 
I'll be sideways training Bailey Dale and Dylan Moore. And now Bailey Dale, his role changes seemingly each week. So that's an easy one. And Dylan Moore just didn't break out the way I wanted him to. I saw someone post a thing that said trade in breakouts, don't start them. And I now agree with that. Uh, So I'll be sideways trading them to like a Darcy Parish and like a a Goulden or a, someone around that sort of 500k price mark. So that's what are I'll you, be doing this week. Are you telling me that Bailey Dale, a player that plays under Luke Beveridge, is playing without a consistent role, Lechdog? I am, and I haven't been able to address it yet. In fact, one week I actually looped his score and didn't even take it. So that's where we're at with Bailey Dale, but I uh, haven't been able to fix it yet. So this is the week. Hmm. I, I don't mind that as a tack because there's not a lot to go to. This week, um, not a lot at all, but there are some rookies that need trading out, um, and the, the, which is not not ideal when there's no one to trade in for them. Um, so I'm not sure. I'm just vamping because I've I've stuffed up all my filters on the Supercoach thing <laughs> and now can't find where anyone is. Um, hold on. Do you need help, Patch, or do you want me to help, just keep help. listening while you panic? I mean, do whatever your heart tells you, Dog. Do whatever your heart tells so you. So Will um, Ashcroft is probably the one that needs discussing first. He yeah. He scored, scored n- nothing on the weekend, 30, 37. 37. Mm. He has a break-even of 71, and he's averaging 75 points for the year. It's going to be a lot of people are going to go, no, he's done, I'm trading him, but this is a guy that's gone over 100 twice, over 70 through four times and a couple of dud scores in there. So we know he can beat his break even. It's just is right now the time to, to make that call patch. Uh, I think it's a, a horses for courses situation with Ashcroft where if if you can hold him, then sure, maybe hold him. If you're, you'd know you, you know, this is where we're going to start looking ahead a bit where not only you're planning your trades for this week, but you're also tra- planning your trades for next week. If you know you're going to need that cash, then feel free to flick him this week. I don't think it's a, a terrible move, but also if you've got other guys that are prioritized ahead of him, say you still got Fergus Green, say you know, you've, you're know you desperate to get rid of Connor McKenna, um, I, I wouldn't put Ashcroft as the, the biggest priority this week. Yeah, let's talk about those two guys. Fergus Green, he has to go. Injury affected score last week and then 17, sorry, the week before, then 17 last week, puts his break even at 106. He lost 17. K, he has to be traded. Yes. Yep. He's he's pretty much got to go. You can you can mount the argument unless he gets dropped. Still, unless he gets dropped, you could mount the argument that it's a, a still a kind of achievable break even for McKenna. Um, you know, fifty seven. He's he's outscored that a bunch of times this year. Um, he's, he's about that mark. I I don't love it. I don't love the idea of holding on to him. Um, I think McKenna, you can hold, but agree if if you're upgrading. You can upgrade him. Like I'd rather have an upgraded player than have him in the team. Yeah, and I'd also I think it's much for muchness between him and Rory Atkins. As much as I hate to say it, um, you could make a hundred k and hundred k plus of. the the price increase in Rory Atkins, which will be yeah. let's say thirty or forty k. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I don't hate that. Jacob Van Royen, he well. They're, he's been suspended. They're going to the tribunal. He might get off. If he does get off and plays, I think he's a trade. 
if because he's break even 59, his average is 59, he's got 48 on the weekend. If he doesn't get off and he is suspended, he's going to be one of the most traded out players patch, but you actually don't need to trade him. No, you can just hold him. You can just you can just hold unless you've got him on field and don't have any cover on the bench. You can hold him. It's fine. I'd much rather hold him for a week. If Blackberry gets picked for a third game, you drop him down. There's 150k-ish straight into your bank. Uh, and you have the option of loopholing him without knowing off the top of my head when Melbourne play. They probably play Friday night, so you probably can't loophole him. But uh, Saturday he's definitely 4.35pm. Perfect. So he can be your captain loophole if he's suspended. If he's not suspended and he does play, I think he is a trade for me patch. Uh, yes. Yeah, I think he, he'd be edging towards that trade on the back of a 48 uh, without without much. Yeah, I'd, I'm not backing him to score for, uh, 53 despite um, despite Hawthorne's uh, much highlighted woes at, uh, mm. at not holding forwards to, to low scores. No, no. Oscar Baker, I think you can still hold him 284k patch. Again, if you want to upgrade him, you can, but I think his break-even of 42 is very achievable. Oliver Hollands also absolutely butchered the ball in the weekend, scored 51. His break-even's 53. At some stage, the Blues will give him a rest. I'm not sure if that's this week. It could be. There's a couple of wings in form in the twos, but he's certainly... That 53 is achievable, but I think his cash gen's pretty close to done. Yeah, I think you're correct. If you've still got Matthias Philippou, um, break even still pretty high. I would look to get rid of him. There's some people with Ruben Jinby still as well with a break even of 61. You'd probably be be primed to give him a flick at this stage. Yeah. I think generally that they're the main rookies that people are going to be looking to move on. Is there anyone you are looking to bring in this week, Patch. I'm talking like a Max Gorn. I'm talking like a, a Noah Anderson, who's now 600k. That a lot of people are looking at. Like, how? Who are you looking at bringing in this week to f- upgrade your team? Well, I was I briefly mentioned it before. I I had Jordan Gor- uh, Jordan Dawson in the Jordan gun, Gorson. ready to go. Gordon Gorson, um, in the gun, ready to go because I was sick of not having him. He's the only player in the top five I don't have overall for Supercoach. He's scoring lots of points. He's quite good at scoring lots of points. And he's, relatively speaking, for Jordan Dawson standards, quite cheap at 650k. But, and my, my question to you is, if I trade him to jo- if I trade Jordan Dawson in this week, I have no dollars left and have to trade in sub-optimal rookies in terms of going early on a break. Blake Dury to do it where there's a lot of value at 500k like Andrew Brayshaw who we predicted to break Mm. out didn't know was carrying a a knee complaint an injury complaint of some sort who came out during the week and said the Brisbane game two weeks like last weekend was the first game he'd he'd played that was pain-free he scored 98 in that game came out against Hawthorne and scored 149 on the weekend 531k will be a very, very popular trade-in this week. Um, and there's a few other players in that mould. You look at your, your Jack Steeles, who we spoke a bit about last week. There's a bunch of guys. Will Powell, still affordable at 520-odd k down at back, who Clarkie loves. I think this is the week where we jump on one of those guys. Um, yeah, I think so. I, I don't look at Jordan Dawson as value. 650k, I think that's... 
peak for him. I know he's been really good, but I'm just not willing to pay it. Whereas a 650k for Clayton Oliver, 50k cheaper essentially than he was at the start of the year, I'm paying that for him. Uh, a Rory Laird, 80k cheaper than he was at the start of the season, 620k. I'm paying that for him despite him yeah. only scoring 102 on the weekend. Yeah, La- 650k is a bit steep. Yeah, Laird will go down again with a break even of one forty nine off two. He had one hundred and eight and one hundred and one hundred and one hundred and two in his last two games. He'll go down again. Um, very good. I don't have the break evens in front of me. Let's talk before I, we talk value because there are some value options. And Noah Anderson scored one hundred and eighty nine. Bit of a points chase. Gained fifty k, six hundred and five k. But break even of like eight or something. Uh, I haven't seen what his break even is, but it'll be quite low. And they play West Coast this week, so we could score another 180. Um, yeah, break even of nine. Mm, Projected so... score of 122, which would see him go up another 50k. He could become the most expensive player, oh, with the exception of Bont. He could become the most expensive player in the game this week. Um, potentially. Uh, there's, But, you know, you've then got to ask yourself, you know, how long, you know, they've got West Coast this week and then the run gets a bit tougher with Brisbane, Western Bulldogs, Adelaide, um, and then Carlton Hawthorne, Collingwood uh, after the bye. So, I don't know, he's no longer value. He was value last week at 50-odd, you know, 50-odd K cheaper. Yeah. Um, are, are you still getting value? Are still you going to get the points that you want out of him from here on out? I, I'm not sure, but also I've got him, so it's not, I'm not the one going to sit there and watch him <laughs> score 150 up. this week. Uh, not think, in my side. So I think I the know, value I, I kicks like... in this week uh, around that 580k mark. Like a ju- like yeah. you're not going to jump on a Lockie Neal. He's going to bleed money over the next few weeks. I think like 580 down, which is a substantial difference to a Dawson, a 70k difference. That is substantial because there's all the guys around 580k this week and and cheaper who are going to be going upwards in price. So. I think that's where the value begins this week. And I'm, I'm talking about guys like Josh Kelly, Zach Merritt, Jack McRae. You're probably not jumping on. Um, Darcy Parrish is one that I've I've sort of highlighted in my book this week. Tom Green, if you don't have him. I think there's plenty of guys in this sort of section that we could consider to bring into our Supercoach teams. Yeah, certainly. I really like Josh Kelly as, as somebody that's got him. Um, you look at LDU even at, at 513K. We'll drop a lot after that 59, but one to keep an eye on. Um you know, there's plenty of value there. Down back, there's some as well. Sicily will keep dropping. Oh. Um, Sinclair. You look at, yeah, you look at Sinclair, Will Powell. Um, you know, there, there's some guys around that value. Um, Sam Doherty at 509K scored 111 on the weekend. Um, you know, is, is he back to a defensive role now that Walsh is back in that midfield? Is he someone you'd, you'd be well, looking at? Well, not on the weekend. <laughs> On the weekend, though, we're starting him at half forward and running him through the midfield for a fair chunk of the game. They seem really set on running him through the midfield, but and I'd argue that that's the last thing we need at the moment at the Blues, but they do seem set on giving him midfield minutes. So I don't know how predictable his scoring is going to be, but having said that, if you're getting him at you know 500K-ish, he's definitely someone we can consider. Yeah, he's still certainly value. Um, so that that's where I've landed this week because looking at it, I can do, you know, I do that trade and instead of bringing in Dawson, I bring in Brayshaw, have 100K on, 100K on the bench, which next week gives me enough to do another upgrade. Whereas otherwise I would have to be doing double downgrades next week or triple downgrades next week in order to actually do anything of value. So it's kind of, you know, you've got to ask yourself, are you, are you willing to set yourself back, you know, a week of trading to to get in a Dawson or do you want to just keep rolling through? And I think it's kind of a case-by-case case basis. 
try and do a bit of future planning, a bit of future sketching out of who's going to kind of rise in value, who will drop a bit and then kind of target a week out. So it's it's a little bit more complicated mm. this week. Um, I may well flip um, back um, to getting Dawson because I, I, I like points. I'm looking at guys. I've sorted the price highest to lowest on Supercoach. Uh, and I'm looking at guys... I'm going to start with Andrew Brayshaw. There's only a few guys outside of sort of the top 50 in terms of price that I think from here on out uh, could potentially be must-have players. They are your Andrew Brayshaws as you flagged. Um, Jack Steele I'm not putting there because I'm not sold on him at 524K. It is very cheap. But like Callum Mills last year, the second half of the year average, what was it? It was like 130 or whatever. The same with LDU. Same with uh, like Max Gorn's 512K. Sam Doherty, you mentioned there's four or five or six names outside of the top 50 in terms of sorted by price that I do think could sneak their way up into that uber premium by the end of the year. So there's definite value, definite value outside of that that top 50. And they're just a few names. But there's one that I know you've been umming and ahhing on for many, many weeks now, and that's Jeremy Finlayson. Mm, I was wondering if you'd bring about him Jeremy Finlayson. I just, I just really like him while Tickle's in the side because they'll need, you know, during the Port Adelaide game, they used Finlayson more as a number one ruck because I don't think they trusted Tickle to go up against Draper, uh, which doesn't bode well if Tickle's the ruckman you've picked and you don't really trust him to go as the number one ruck. Um, but he he does a lot of stuff around the ground, looked really dangerous forward, which was by virtue of a relatively short Mason Redmond needing to play key defender roles down back. So, um, you know, maybe it doesn't happen every week. He probably doesn't average, you know, uh, he doesn't average the 110 that he's been going over his last three. And at 500K, he's no longer the value that he was two weeks ago when I first went, oh, maybe. Um, but still, I don't know, is, is that ruck forward swing which was really nice, I thought, until we started hearing rumours about Max Gorn getting forward eligibility. Apparently spent 40% of his time starting forward over the weekend, which means if he keeps that up, he will get that forward eligibility. Um, so I think he would then take that spot that Finlayson's in. I just I just, I just, just think he's neat, you know? I just I just like the, the cut of his jib. He seems like a nice lad. I like Ruckman that we can pick in other positions. It's as simple as that. I like yeah. Ruckman who we can pick in other... And I know he's not a straight, pure Ruckman, but he is a Ruck-eligible player that I can pick in another position. Yeah, and but I like he's, he's someone that Port can play as a forward as well. Um, oh, sorry, as a midfielder as well. He can actually run up, play on a wing, play kind of inside um, 125, 101, 103 in his last uh, last couple. Um but also, you know, as we see in round five and round three, prone to dropping a fifty-four and a thirty. So, yeah, you'll you'll get a bunch of seventies. You'll get, you know, he he. I don't think he'll he'll be one of those players you want in your side on field by the end of the year. Um, I don't know, maybe maybe have a look. But I I think we'd be better off saving that last forward spot for when the DPPs kick in in three or four weeks and we get Max Gorn as a forward. Counterpoint, what if I haven't thought about that and I've got like eight forwards? Then don't trade in another forward, which Finlayson mm. is. Interesting. Very interesting. Yep. Let's talk about the spuds. I'm going to call this the spuds section. These are the Bailey Dales of the world who yeah. ruined my season and I was unable to do anything about it. So I'm taking action now. Uh, 
these are the guys that are selected by enough people as premiums. Um, well, actually, these are quite low because everyone else has jumped off them. But I'm talking like Bailey Dale, Mason Redmond, Dustin Martin. Are there players, Jordan Ridley, who got injured or whatever on the weekend? What do you do about these guys if you're an owner? You obviously have to jump off them. But is there a world where we actually look at these guys in a week or two and want to bring them into our teams? Like, Talk to me specifically about Mason Redman and Jordan Ridley. Um, well, I mean, part of the issue that both got similar issues is that we don't have any key defenders, which means that Mason Redman and Jordan Ridley have had to play as key defenders. And they don't tend to score well when they're doing that because they struggle to peel off and intercept in front of the key forwards if they're the ones that have to be standing in front of the key forwards. Um, Redmond in particular, um, Nick Hind has come in and they've tried to get Nick Hind to play that run and dash role of halfback. He hasn't been very good at it. I'd rather they just play Redmond in that role. Um, but he's had to play a bit more lockdown, hasn't been able to run off as much. And also we haven't been winning. And as you've mentioned many, many times, um, when Mason Redmond plays really well, isn't in a, a better chance of winning? And, you know, they've, they've, I don't know if it's been attention given to him or if he just hasn't played as well, but... Um, you know, we haven't been winning. Um, and it's all Mason's fault is what I'm getting at. Um, I think there's a world in which, you know, you look at Ridley has a week off, has a massive break even based on some average scores. You could get Ridley after his buy for like 400 K and if that's a bench spot or if that's, you're desperate to upgrade your last spot. And at that point, Jaden Laverde's back and, you know, we've got healthy key defender stocks. I quite like that as a as an option. I think he could then average 95 from then on out. I, I would be waiting to see key defenders come into that Essendon side if that's Kane Baldwin and suddenly plays well as a key defender or we get a Stewart or Laverde or Reed or whoever it is back, which frees him up. Um, and likewise with Redmond, I'd wait. Uh, I'd, I'd probably sit off for a minute considering we've got that many other value options. If you've got both of them, I'd be probably looking to... I'd definitely be moving Ridley on. Um, Redmond, you're probably going to have to sit tight unless you have you don't have any other issues and you're desperately ready to, to get rid of him. Um, Brody Grundy, like if you, you kept him and hoped he would do well, no, do, you, do you trade him? Trade. Trade. Got to. It, they've shown they, they're still working out the best mix with those two, but I think they've shown their hand pretty clearly that when they need to, it's going to be Gorn. The one who's in the middle. Yep. Um, well, I think he's the. They've got the, the luxury as well of bloody subbing one out or resting one or sitting one on the bench. They don't have to play them both on the field at the same time. So uh, they're actually in a really good position football wise to cover the ruck. But super coach wise, I think it's clear that Max Gorn is going to be the man of the two. So Grundy did his thing for a couple of weeks because Max Gorn was supposed to be dead for seven years and then he came back two weeks later. So we've seen that a few times. This year, the reporting of injuries in the AFL is a farce. Uh, yeah, you could argue it's just not reporting. Um, is, yep. is how I would argue it. Um, yeah, I um, also just had the thought before that um, Angus Brayshaw is four hundred and fifty k, which I'm was very be one interested of the, in. The must picks at the start of the year. Yeah, and he's kind of he hasn't quite um, hasn't quite done it so far during the year where he had a bunch of eight seventies and eighties with a few fifties sprinkled in up until round six. And then 
Uh, something changed. Round 7, 123 against North Melbourne, 98 against Gold Coast on the weekend. Has a break-even of 39. Now, Lechdog, I I want to talk about the Braun manoeuvre very quickly here. Yes. It's not unrelated to Angus Brayshaw. Now, I, I did mention last week that there was the, the harebrained scheme of trading Grundy down to Tickle, um, make a heap of cash. Tickle just kind of holds the fort for a few weeks. He hasn't held up his end of the bargain. So keep that in mind when I'm suggesting this very stupid thing that I'm about to suggest. But very good. Nick Dacos uh, has a break-even of 190. He is 600K. He has two weeks in a row where he's had pretty heavy attention paid to him. Uh, 72 and 81 in his last two. And you'd think clubs would be stupid not to in the next little week, pay him just a little bit more attention. Um, but either way, he's going to bleed a lot of cash. Angus Brayshaw is 450K in a year where if you're in a position that I have and missed lots of crucial rookies and have no cash and feel like a big old idiot, I can see a world where you trade Nick Dacos to Angus Brayshaw, bank 150K, hope that the point differential is maybe what 10 points 15 points a game and then you use that 150k to upgrade you know someone else you upgrade your your wilmot your ashcroft to say a brayshaw upgrade them to a you know to a, a, a will powell or a jack sinclair with a loop and then when nick dacos bleeds all that cash in three weeks time and is 500k you trade him back in so that's what the Braun maneuver is for for those that haven't been around for as long and aren't as ancient as I am. Johnny Bruin, in the year that he won, it traded Travis Cloak in at 400k, traded him back out just as everyone was jumping on at 200k. He scored 500 points in three weeks or whatever, and then he traded him straight back out, banked all the cash. Everyone jumped on, lost a heap of cash. It's just a stocks a stonks game. How that that thing it. that I've just said. How insane it. is that on a scale of one to it. what the hell are you doing? I love it. Ideally, you know, you would have pulled the trigger probably two weeks ago. You got an extra 30K out of the move, but you didn't know three to three weeks ago that this was going to happen. So I love it, Patch. Uh, this isn't totally relevant, but we, we saw Nick Dacos go through patches last year. Yes, it was his first year, but patches last year where he didn't score. So last five weeks he scored 79 77 129 or 62 and 82 uh, and 81 i've conveniently conveniently left out the 163 99 143 93 he scored before that but we have seen him last year and now this year have a couple of patches where he gets a bit of attention and his super coach scoring um evaporates i also love the idea patch of bringing in both brayshaws this week as some sort of (laughs) brayshaw Brayshaw breakout duo tandem trade-in. And I I just don't know. Now, 190 is a huge break-even. Supercoach still has him projecting to score over 100 in the next few games, which means his price, while it will dip, it won't dip as amazingly low as you've said. It'll probably go to like 550K, not 500. Yeah, However, oh. mm. that's assuming he doesn't score 100 every that's assuming he does score 100 in all of these games. So yeah, it's, Patch, it's projecting 115, 110, which he may well do. Like, I'm not saying that this is a sure thing. This is you're, you're hedging no, no. your bets against the market here. This is. Oh, I'm currently playing with my team, Patch. I'm currently seeing what that allows me <laughs> when I trade out. If I just go three quotation marks premiums out this week, if it's a sideways round, let's, let's sideways, baby. <laughs> I, I am not advocating for this. 
nobody at me if it goes wrong. So nobody at me when it goes wrong. But I, I don't know. I was playing around with it. I'm not going to do Dacos out because a, a few weeks ago I said Nick Dacos was never going to leave my team ever again. And I'd legally have to stand by that because I signed a pact with the devil. But Tom Hawkins uh, has a break even of 48, plays Richmond this week, could score 150 again. I've got the VC on him as we speak. Um, after that, hits a run of Fremantle, GWS, Western Bulldogs, Port Adelaide, and he will be 600K. I, as I've said, I don't have a lot of cash rolling in. I'm probably going to trade Hawkins out at that point to an Errol Goulden, to someone who's value, to whoever it is I can bloody well find. And I think this is the year we might have to get a bit creative because the rookies haven't been as good, um, especially if you've missed some of the ones that didn't appear obvious, your Jack Buckleys, your your Samson Ryans, um, who, you know, some people might not have jumped on and suddenly, oh, they're, they're the only ones making cash. We might have to get creative and there's every chance it blows up in your face, but also, eh, eh. Like, I don't think Tom Hawkins is going to be okay. averaging 115 from here on out, so... I don't know. I, I'm just spitballing a bit. Just just a bit of I love it. I love it. I've just done it in my team to see what it looks like. I've gone uh, my underperforming premiums and Dacos out. out. Brayshaw, Brayshaw, Goulden in. I like the look of it. I like the look of it. They're all generating cash. I like the look of it. Big number go brr. Uh, Big number go brr. Uh, puts, pushes my projected up well north of 2,400. Uh, very good. I'm sure there's people with higher projecteds out there. But, uh, Patch, I don't hate it. I, I do. I do not recommend it, but I, I wanted to say oh, it anyway. I might do it. Because if it comes <laughs> off, it. if it comes off, I sound smart. And if it doesn't come off, no one will remember who I am in four weeks anyway. I want to quickly touch on the buyers before we do it. Uh, I'm just going oh, through those my things. team. Ah, crap. Ah, shit. Ah. Looking at purely my on-field players, not my bench right now. In the first buy, I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven players missing. In my second buy, I've got one player missing. In my third buy, I've got one, two, three players missing. And in my fourth buy, I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. That's a lot of players missing. But, but I'm not panicking, Patch, because that last buy... We're going to get three trades. Like, I'm going to have used all my trades by the time the buys come around, so it might not even matter. But during the, all of those buys, we get those extra trades. So there's three opportunities to trade in, essentially, in theory, nine, a total of nine or uh, 12, if you have trade boosts, which I won't, nine players to cover the, that last round buy because presumably you're going to trade in players after their buys. So... What I'm suggesting is, while I haven't been thinking about it all all years, maybe have a look at who you're trading in buy wise. But also, we're probably got with the with that extra buy in play, we're probably going to have the opportunity to cover anyone we want. Yeah, especially as that second buy will be just the two clubs. It'll just be Geelong and Gold Coast. Not a lot of people will have players from Gold Coast. You might have, you know, Stewart. You might have Anderson. You might have. Well, not a lot of people have Anderson because he's in. 2000 teams or something Six teams yeah. um you know people will have jared witz maybe you've got a hawkins or jeremy cameron up forward maybe i don't know um yeah people will be fine if you're fine in that first week which at this stage most people will not a lot of um you know high um, high ownership players in that i'm only missing the three players from that buy so there'll be plenty of space and scope to i think 
wriggle around, but just double check, just just find out. Yeah, double check by all means, but I think it's. Uh, I don't think it's as with that extra week of extra trades. I just don't think it's as um, concerning as we probably originally thought. No, I think you are correct. Um, and yeah, it's also just worth looking when you, you're trading in this week, as much as there's a bit of value in the middle, if it's your last midfield slot, maybe maybe look at trading in a different position. Um, we'll still have plenty of very good players losing a lot of cash in, you know, you look at, say, you know, Lockie Neal is on the way down. We've got players that are on the way. Um, so I, I'm trying to hold off on that last spot on each line just to, to wait for that really, really uber primo dropping. If that's a, a Sloan or whoever, not not Sloan, um, Laird. I'm I'm getting my ears mm. mixed up, um, but yeah, it could could be worth just keeping an eye out for uh, whoever it is that you want to trade in or, or targeting those those last couple of spots. For sure, and we're recording this live on the eighth of the fifth. And patch, this has just come in. This year's uh, this week's rising star was Matthias Philippou, which I was surprised to see. <laughs> and looking I, at your face, you also seem surprised. I, I watched the second half of that game after I got home from work, after people build it on Twitter as the worst game of football ever played. And it was not a good game of football in the second half. I think it was better than the first, but not by much. Philippou took one very, very good uh, mark. That was a, yeah. pretty much all I really noticed him doing, aside from sprinting away mm. from a pack towards goal and missing uh, that was all I saw him do. You, you know these these awards. They are sometimes they're for the week. Sometimes it's a lifetime achievement award. I think down at AFL, they think he might be in for a rest um, at some stage. So hashtag uh, body of work. Yeah, which I disagree with because that's not the point of the award. Anyway, good on him. Congratulations to the poo patch. I think that'll do us. That'll probably do us. I, I, If you sit me here for much longer, I will think up crazier de- schemes than trading out Nick Dacos, and no one wants to hear that. Maybe we should all I trade like out him. Maybe we should all trade out Bond to Brayshaw, <laughs> and then you know, then upgrade a d- defensive rookie to, to the other Brayshaw. I don't know, man. Don't do, don't do oh. that for the record. For the love of God, do not do that. No, do not. Uh, I'll say this, by the way, that uh, for those playing at home, we, I, we announced obviously that this will be our last year doing Supercoach content or in this format or whatever, however it's going to look. And everyone thought we were finishing this week. So hopefully it's oh, a yes. pleasant surprise no. that the content is still going. I, I thought we were pretty clear. No, there will still be something until the end of the year. And, yes, I, uh, I will be. I'll be back next week, which will be my last one before I head overseas. And like you and I, we spoke a little bit about maybe coming back and doing a, a just kind of a, just a chat, just a, a reflection towards the end of the year after the season's done and dusted. Maybe like a grand final preview or something like that. Yeah, that we'll where do we just, something. Yeah, where we just sit around and have a chat and properly say goodbye. Um, so yes. yeah, to anyone disappointed by hearing my voice again this week, sorry. <laughs> Well, that'll do. Thanks for joining me, beautiful man. And you too, you wonderful human being. Go football.